Mark chapter 10, and it's the passage uh, from verse 35 to uh, 45, where the two brothers, uh, James and John, come to Jesus, and they, and they, they say to him, essentially, uh, we want you to do whatever we ask you to do. Open-ended question. Then they ask him a question, and it leads to a, a serious altercation by the looks of it, where Jesus steps in to rectify things between John and James and the other disciples. But the verse I want to read is at the end of that um, little cameo. And verse 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And that's where I want to uh, emphasize and, and lay our stress um, today. Even the Son of Man didn't come to be served. He came to serve. We live with the tension of knowing what we should do, but not often doing it. Paul writes about this when he writes to the Roman church. We are all broken in one way or another. We make resolutions. We feel guilty when we don't keep them. We're often overwhelmed by the negativity and the pressure of life, the stresses we face on a daily basis, the, the speed at which things are happening nowadays. Essentially, we are, we are all sinners. We're broken. We're weak. And although we long to embrace what God is doing, in order to do that, sometimes it gets to the point where we feel like we embrace one thing, but we've got to let something else go because there just seems to be in this whirlpool of existence um, more and more stuff happening. And we end up feeling guilty that we don't do what we ought to do. And we run and run and run until we can't run anymore. And we either hit the wall or we insulate ourselves from others. We react in, in, in one of two ways normally. Some people become so busy that there's no time to stop and reflect. And that's what we've been looking at over the last little while. The, the intense need, especially in our culture, of Sabbath resting, of being still and silent and slowing. Or else the other option is when we find stuff overwhelming, we just freeze up and we don't do anything. We withdraw. So we end up either doing too much or not doing much at all. Now, in 1980, uh, Charles Hummel wrote a piece called The Tyranny of the Urgent. And his premise was essentially that we should isolate those things that are important and we should stress those things and we should run to those things and not be under the tyranny of what the urgent stuff that keeps coming across our path. He wrote this, the winds of other people's demands have driven us onto the reef of frustration. The urgent tasks call for instant action. Endless demands pressure every hour, every day. Is there any escape from this pattern of living? Now, in one way, that's quite a negative way to start. But I want to use that as the platform to say, in John 17, verse 4, where Jesus has spent um, a time with the disciples it's that great prayer after that, and in that night where he's actually um, in the last period just giving them instructions and praying for them. Um, we get a glimpse, perhaps, of how we ought to live. On that night before he died, he makes this astonishing claim. I have finished the work you gave me to do. His prayer to his father. I have finished the work you gave me to do. Now the question really is, 
how on earth could Jesus say he had finished the work God gave him to do? He didn't leave a utopia behind. There was no sense in which um, there were all sorts of things that had been left undone. I mean, if you if you think of it, in that three-year ministry, it seems all too short in a sense, because although there may have been a prostitute at Simon's banquet who was forgiven, there were a hundred others who had never bumped into him. There were lots of people on the street who were ill and who weren't in health. Hundreds of people remained um, broken and in need of his health and restoration and salvation. Many tasks, we would have said, were left undone. Many needs unmet. But Jesus had this deep sense of settled peace that the task that he had been given had been completed. He had finished the work that the Father had given him to do. And he asks for strength for that last little push. He, in a sense, is the template he incarnates, he shows us the pattern for our own lives in that he lived in a way where he prayerfully waited for his father's instructions for strength and then he followed them. So he withdrew, he had time alone, he prayed and then he was um, busy amongst the crowds of people. In one sense, there's no divine blueprint there's no sense in which he knew ahead of time every day what he was going to do. He had to wait and listen and reflect and only do what the Father told him to do. He discerned, in other words, the God's will day by day in his life of prayer. But then what happened was it moved him directly into a confrontation with the brokenness and the evil of the world, the, the, the sickness, the disease, the death. And in that way, Jesus lived in a way where the important was central and not the urgent. Now, we need to discern what God's will is for our lives. We need to daily follow the purpose in, cir in the circumstances that we find ourselves. We need, we need, in other words, to live with the same pattern that Jesus lived. Now, the, the rhythm of that kind of life, let me just stop for a second and say, Aristotle once said, to be is to do. And then the 20th century um, existential philosopher, Jean-Paul Sartre, said, to do is to be. He, was, he turned the thing on its head. And then, of course, you get the great philosopher Frank Sinatra in Strangers in the Night, where he says, doobie doobie doo. And in a sense, Sinatra got it right, where the other two philosophers didn't, because there is this rolling rhythm to life of doing and being and doing and being. Not that the two are mutually exclusive, but in a sense, they are the two sides of the coin. The, the one uh, complements the other, but the one doesn't exist or can't exist fully without the other. And you see it in the life of Jesus where he has the relationship with his father. It, it spurs him to action and then it goes back as there's this, this rhythm, this flow of the cycle of doing and being and doing and being. And it's that dooby dooby do 
which actually needs to characterize who we are as followers of Jesus. And if we're not going to either go to the stage where we are running and burn out or else we become inactive because we're overwhelmed, then we have to have this kind of sanctified rhythm of the interior life that we are called to, the journey inward and the journey outward, the exterior. And that's the basic premise of, of the whole last period of time that we've been looking at, that there are these two parts of who we are. And the one, if we have the one without the other, we are not in a healthy place. Now, I want to just go back briefly to a passage that we've looked at before. It's in Luke 10. It's interesting, actually, before I read it to you, that it comes directly after Jesus talks about the parable, tells them the parable of the Good Samaritan, what we, we call the Good Samaritan, and um, about being good neighbors and for us to go and do the same way, he says. Then in verse 38, this is Luke 10, 38, he says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made, the urgent. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And so I would posit perhaps that we need to start at the feet of Jesus. We need to start at that place. But then we need to not only be in that position, but then we need to move out and do. And in a sense, if we live lives that are um, fruitful and lives that are actually part of how Jesus calls us to live, then the Mary and the Martha will be joined together and not split apart. Um, we, we tend to want to actually say this or that. But I think that for me, the interesting and the most dynamic thing is that there's this rolling thing, the dooby-dooby-doo. And I, I'm really calling for us to hear what we read in um, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, in that moment where Jesus settles the argument with um, James and John and the rest of the disciples, where he says, uh, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You and I are called to serve. You and I are called to be the incarnation of Jesus in this world. We are not here just to experience all the comfort and the joy and the, the lovely blessings for ourselves. As I said last week, that when we begin to hold on to stuff, we become like the Dead Sea and we, we, we begin to atrophy and actually die. The healthy life is the life that has lived with this kind of rhythm, the same kind of rhythm that we have with breathing, where we breathe in and we get the oxygen we need and then we breathe out. And it's that kind of rhythm for our Christian life where we have this interior life, this life of devotion, the journey inward, 
the waiting on God, if you like. But then there has to be some form of expression of that, some way of making that real, of serving the journey outward, the, um, the action, the love that gets spread into the world. Acts chapter 1 and 2 is a, is a perfect image of this because the disciples have gone through the trauma of Jesus' um, uh, crucifixion and his burial and then this wonder of the resurrection. And he says to them, go and wait. And they, they together, they're in prayer. They are waiting on God and the Spirit of God is poured out on them. And it, it, it galvanizes them. It energizes them to action. And the stuff that begins to happen is remarkable. And you just have to read Acts 1 and 2 again to see how explosive that whole situation was. And my premise really in the last while and again specifically today is simply this. It's the two sides of the coin that if you take one away, uh, the, whole, the whole thing collapses. There's this rhythmic dooby-dooby-doo of life, of breathing in and breathing out, of the journey inward and the journey outward, of the call to devotion and prayer and the call to service. Jesus says to his disciples, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And so I'm calling for all of us to say and to reevaluate and say, are we uh, pressurized by the urgent stuff that we have in our life? Do we lose some part of this, either the journey inward or the journey outward? Do we uh, become shredded so that we're not in this dooby-dooby-doo cycle? So spend a few moments and reflect on how Jesus was able to say, the work that you gave me, has finished. And then spend a little time also reflecting on Mary and Martha and the two sides of your own life and asking what is important and what is urgent and how do I discern what God is telling me to do. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday.